to Trauma Talk. This program encourages you to do a mental assessment of any trauma you have experienced and help you become proactive in your own personal healing and thereby create a better world for you and your loved ones to live and thrive in. Now, here is the host of Trauma Talk, Ezrina Rose Scott. Good morning, everyone, and welcome back to Trauma Talk. Have you ever been mentally abused? Have you ever been emotionally abused? At what point does it traumatize you? Here with me today is wonderful Teresa Diamond, owner of Cherish Fertility Care. Hi, Teresa. How are you today? Good, Azrina. Thank you for having me today. I'm excited about our segment. Awesome. Thank you for being here with us. So tell me your opinion. What is mental and emotional abuse? Uh, For me, mental and emotional abuse uh, ranges from name-calling and being sworn at to uh, silence when somebody just basically ignores you, uh, doesn't acknowledge you in any way. Um, Those are some of the things I experienced in my childhood. All right. And you experienced that with... uh, With my father. With your father. Yes. There was a lot of criticism and uh, um, some hitting as well, physical abuse, um, and uh, being talked about to other people behind my back, uh, complaining, uh, criticizing, really. uh, Criticizing to others that you heard about later on? Yes. Okay. How... How did that impact you? Uh, it left me feeling uh, very lonely, afraid, um, unloved, uh, and like I didn't have a voice. Um, I couldn't share how I was doing, feeling like we didn't have a relationship per se. Okay. And when you experienced mental abuse from your father how did you end up uh, behaving uh, I had to uh, suffer in silence um, I luckily found the sport of cost country running to let some of my emotions out thank goodness for sports hey eh? yes absolutely uh, I'm very lucky in that sense and oh, what is the question? <laughs> uh, from the effects of emotional yeah. and mental abuse, how did it affect your behavior? How did you end behavior. up being? Um, so I was a uh, very quiet individual. I cut myself off from a lot of people. I didn't trouble um, with my heart, right? Because if my dad didn't even seem to care, why would anybody else right so you became quiet and and sort of withdrawn yeah so you did you conclude that if if your dad couldn't love you then then, then who else could love you so you right. sort of withdrew from people okay yeah all right yeah and how long did this go on for all of your life or? um yeah unfortunately uh it did go on for all of my life um and culminating in a, a 
physical, emotional, and mental abuse at the age of 40 in front of my own children. Okay, so it began in early childhood. Yes. And you saw it basically erupt in your adulthood when you were raising your children. Yes. Okay. And were you were you aware of of the impact that this relationship had on you throughout your life or just become aware of it in your 40s when you were 40? Ah, that's a good question. Um, I was aware of it. Um, I think once I got married, I got married at 21, and thankfully we're still married. Um, but both my husband and I carried a lot of baggage from our childhood into our marriage. We were young, and so I've done uh, much counseling and therapy over the years to try and figure myself out become a better person and, and um, meeting you as Rena has been very helpful to me. Thank you. Oh, you've, uh, you've been wonderful to help. I've really enjoyed working with you. Yeah, Teresa. I'm very thankful. Oh, you're welcome. Um, after or throughout the experience of emotional and mental abuse, at what point does it become traumatic? Oh, um, uh, I think it's probably different for everyone, but for me, it was um, my only release would be I would scream when I was mowing the lawn because nobody could really hear me. It's a loud lawnmower. Um, and I, at about the age of 15, 16, started partying um, and uh, drinking to numb the pain and looking for love in all the wrong places <laughs> <laughs> that song yeah that song um, and it ended up in at the age of 16 um going to a party and unfortunately being sexually abused okay and are you are you okay to talk about that experience uh yes i am i, I want people to know there's help out there so the effects of the emotional and mental abuse from your father, um, you're saying it contributed to to what? To my seeking love elsewhere. I, I wanted somebody for me um, who wanted to talk to me, to love me. To value you. Yeah, to value me, yeah. uh, for sure. And that may also be part of why I got married so young. My husband was looking for the same thing to be loved by someone and so um, sometimes you end up in situations in the wrong situations which is unfortunate and what happened to me so are you saying because you didn't have a foundation of emotional support and unconditional love uh, that you were looking for that somewhere else but because you didn't really know what that looked like or felt like you found yourself in situations that were uh, compromising your safety? Absolutely. Okay. Yes. And then yeah. you ended up being sexually abused? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. So, so had you been in a, a more supportive family growing up, you would have made different choices? That That is a good question and one I don't know the answer to because I, I think I would have still had the the wild friend I called her um, <laughs> that, you know, liked to party and kind of showed me that life. 
um, she happened to be a neighbor. So I think I still would have had her as a friend, but perhaps if my parents had um, really taken an interest, they, they knew where I went, but they didn't know her parents weren't there. They didn't know I was drinking. They didn't know I took some alcohol from our own, own house. Um, yeah, I, f- I feel like maybe I would have been protected Okay. In in a way. And do you think uh, the emotional and mental abuse, and even physical abuse that you mm-hmm. experienced from your father, how do you think that impacted your choices? Uh, well, definitely uh, at that age, um, in a very negative way, because I was choosing to go to an unsafe place. I was young, and there were adult men there mm-hmm. at, at this part in particular and I drank a lot and may have possibly been drugged because there are portions of the evening I don't remember or or maybe some blacking out so um yeah okay so what from a child's perspective I know you're using your adult brain Mm, to look back but from a child's perspective what what did you need and what do you think every child needs to prevent, um, I guess, bad choices or choices that could get us into trouble. <laughs> uh, that's funny because I have my own children now and, and we're trying to provide them the best home possible, but they also make choices that aren't the best. I think my child's brain, um, you know, I was just... I was looking for somebody to love me, to accept me, and and to want to hear what I had to say. Right, Um, because you didn't have a voice. I I didn't have a voice. You could not show emotion in my home without being laughed at or or shut down. So having emotions is part part of the human condition. What do you do with those emotions? Uh, Well, I, I stuffed them. I closed myself off I I built you know a wall around my heart and I still struggle with that today in sharing openly about how I feel in my life but um, I think with the help that I've gotten from Isrina here I am talking on a radio show about all of this yeah Yeah. no I wouldn't have thought this a year or two ago. Wow, yeah. amazing. And that actually uh, goes to show how much you've processed and cleared. Mm-hmm. Because before we process and clear and resolve trauma, it's it's too impactful. It's too, um, in other words, you're talking about it with ease. And that's the whole point of getting, um, getting help to process trauma, right? right. You yep. can view, view the abuse uh, more neutrally. Right? And we'll right. talk a little bit more about yeah. that. Um, with abuse as your childhood framework, because it was throughout your childhood, uh, how does it and how did it shape the way you see yourself in childhood? And how did that show up in adulthood for you? Uh, so in childhood, I was uh, very quiet. I think I was uh, very hard on my- myself. Um I expected a lot from myself in terms of my grades. You know, I was trying to do everything to get approval or 
love from my parents um, and specifically my dad. But um, uh, and looking for love in the wrong places. And then as an adult, you know, growing into adulthood, I, I didn't use my voice, um, you know, in any confrontational situations, I would become very meek. I wouldn't actually express my opinion. People could walk all over me or that's what it felt like to me. And so um, it's taken me a long time to get to the point where actually, no, I, I do have something to contribute. And it's important that I do say what I feel mm-hmm. or need. So in childhood, you said you basically shut down your emotional system because it wasn't allowed yeah. in your family environment. Mm-hmm. And then in adulthood, you basically were still operating from a shut down emotional system. Them. Yeah. You actually had to relearn how to use your voice, how to speak up, how to value yourself. Mm-hmm. And and how, how was that relearning? <laughs> it was skills? slow, <laughs> very slow, uh, painful, because um, you, you realize the, the mistakes you made. Um, we, my husband and I have four children, and my oldest children, unfortunately, experienced some of that uh, what I lived in my childhood came out as a parent um, which I of course deeply regret um, at, at the same time I, I was able to be more loving with my own children by showing them affection and hugging and kissing them and telling them that I love them because so, that's something I didn't experience right so that which you didn't receive as a child you learned how to provide that for your children yes okay cool however the the emotions so would you consider that post-trauma stress Uh, from an abusive environment that played out yeah yeah I I think so I mean um, when it's all you know it's it's all you know so you repeat some of those terrible patterns until you learn better or heal um, which I'm I'm so thankful that I did seek help for these many years mm-hmm. and your your business is cherish fertility care uh, can you speak to how uh, how emotional and mental abuse and physical abuse affects one's fertility or ability that, that's that's a great uh, question. Um, having had my own issues with fertility, uh, we do have four children, but um, they range in ages from four to 19. There's a lot of time in between where we either miscarried or couldn't get pregnant or stay pregnant. So, um, you know, I know there's not a lot of scientific evidence out there that says, you know, abuse of that type causes infertility or issues with a woman's gynecological health. But doing what I do, I know it's interrelated because the the women I speak to that and, and men um, that are infertile or having issues with their gynecological health emotionally they aren't well 
they aren't happy with themselves. And a lot of it can stem from abuse, unfortunately. So are you saying that with emotional trauma, which includes all forms of like mental and physical, but if we have unprocessed emotional trauma, you're saying that it affects one's ability to be fertile and conceive, like it affects fertility. Like there's a yes. correlation. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. That, that is what I'm saying. And do I have physical statistical proof? No, not really. But when you talk to somebody and you see, if you hear their heart um, and, and you see how their body manifests that yeah. emotion, yeah. it can come out in all sorts of ways. I absolutely that's, agree. That's one of them. Yeah. yeah. Um, so anything that is emotionally impacting us that hasn't been processed can show up in the body in the form of pain, mm-hmm. uh, disease, disorder, yeah. infertility, mm-hmm. um, all sorts of things. So when we ignore the emotional and the mental impact, it can definitely show up in the body. And that's exactly what you're saying, right? Yeah. And this is just one form that it shows up in right. is infertility. Yeah. Very interesting. Um, and do you encourage your clients to process the emotions to help um, prepare for so, fertility? Yeah, that's, that's good. I do try and refer them. Uh, because I work with clients worldwide, um, I try and refer them to professional help when possible. Um, and sometimes clients aren't ready to talk yeah. about it. And yeah. so I, I have to tread carefully. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um, counseling really works when people are ready to address what the underlying issues are. And uh, those are the clients that I see progress the most when they're absolutely ready. Um, that often occurs uh, in middle age. People often wait, um, in my opinion, too long. They could live their lives differently if they, they sought help sooner. So we're going to take a short break. And after the break, we're going to talk about the process that Teresa went through to clear the effects of um, the abuse. Okay, stay tuned. on Facebook along with some of the greatest minds of the world and that includes you visit us on Facebook at Voice America Empowerment visit Ezrina.ca for information about counseling and body healing services Ezrina is a master's therapeutic counselor registered with the Association of Cooperative Counseling Therapists of Canada she has 10 years of counseling experience she will work both in her office as well as via Skype or will travel to your area through her workshops You can even schedule a session online. These sessions are one hour or 90 minutes long. Visit Ezrina.ca. Again, that's Ezrina.ca. Ezrina Rose Scott conducts several workshops every year, and she can bring them to you wherever you are. Visit Ezrina.ca or call 250-212-5596 for more information. Ezrina is an Access Consciousness Practitioner. Her popular workshops include Access Consciousness, The Bars, as well as workshops on money, 
body, and relationships. As Rena's workshops can help you get unstuck and move forward in your life. Find out more or bring a friend along. Visit Ezrina.ca for more information or call 250-212-5596. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are listening to Trauma Talk with Ezrina Rose Scott. To reach our program today, you may call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. If you'd rather send an email, you can send it to Ezrina at Ezrina.ca. Now, let's return to Trauma Talk. Hello. So here with me today again is Teresa Dunman, and we're talking about emotional and uh, mental abuse and how how she actually uh, cleared it. And the process that I used with her is EMDR. And uh, in 1987, Francine Shapiro began to develop her theory of EMDR, which stands for Eye Movement Desensitization Reprocessing. So it's a therapy for overcoming anxiety, stress, and trauma. And that's precisely what uh, Teresa was experiencing. Experiencing, so I chose EMDR. Now, the classical form is I would move my fingers and uh, Teresa's eyes would follow my, my fingers. And what that does is it activates both hemispheres of the brain. Now, um, I much prefer to use the bilateral stimulation, the tactile paddles. And that's what uh, Teresa used. So in each hand, she held a paddle and it vibrated. So when the vibration went in, into her left hand, it sent a signal up her left arm and stimulated the right hemisphere of her brain. Then when the vibration was in her right hand, because the vibration alternated, it sent a signal up her right arm and stimulated the left hemisphere of her brain. What that does is it activates uh, all the functionings of the, the hemispheres so that it allows a client to fully process um, a traumatic incident. And what that is, is fully processed uh, mentally, so any disturbing images, uh, emotionally, any emotions that were stuck in an event, uh, physically and physiologically. So I'm very fond of this uh, method, and we're going to hear from Teresa how, what her experience was with EMDR. So Teresa, share with us what it was like for you in the beginning when I first introduced it to you. Uh, so I was actually very skeptical of EMDR because I thought what are these two paddles actually going to do for me but I I knew that I wanted to move on from this very specific uh, traumatic incident of my uh, father's physical emotional mental abuse at the age of 40 in front of my children because it was affecting me every day so um, we started the 
process, and um, I was I was fearful of of going through this incident, reliving it, um, because you know it it brought it up to the surface, even though it was still affecting me uh, probably every day, um, and uh, reliving the incident was very emotional uh, for me. I did a lot of crying, um, and it brought up parts of the incident that I hadn't thought about in three years, um, details of it. Um, but through the process, uh, each time, you know, after I remembered most of the incident, each time I felt uh, less charged, like as Rena says, um, and, and by the end of the process, um, because you re- go through the incident several t- times, I felt, uh, it was incredible, I felt like a witness to the incident, like, almost like it didn't happen to me, um, and, and that, that's when Azrina told me that uh, I had processed it, um, because it wasn't causing my body, you know, I get like a tightness in my chest and icky feeling in my stomach. And I was so angry. Um, I even hated my father for this incident um, because, uh, well, the trauma it caused to my own children um, just made me furious. And so um, now I can look back as, okay, that that happened, but inside I don't, don't feel like uh, my chest is going to explode. Um, now I am making sure that that trauma hasn't affected my children um, so that I can move on. So what happens when we experience a traumatic incident is in order to cope and survive, our psychological system takes some of the, the pieces and stores it away. And they actually become suppressed. So one of the main reasons we review an incident several times is to allow the psychological system to release those pieces and unsuppress them bit by bit. If it happens too quickly, then it can overwhelm us and we can create more unconscious resistance, which is not a good thing. So we gently have... I. I have the client gently confront the incident, and in the beginning, it it feels like the client is reliving it because the effects of the abuse have been stored in the body, um, in the mind, in the emotional system, in the physiological system, in the body. It's been stored. So the reason it feels like she's reliving it is because it hasn't been processed and cleared. So, Teresa, would you say, when you say reliving would you say that it re-traumatized you? Uh, no, no. It was releasing the trauma Absolutely. that I experienced. Yeah. Um, no, it doesn't. It doesn't re-traumatize you because you're living with that trauma already. Exactly, and it's still stored. Yeah. So there is a bit of controversy out there about processing trauma. In that, when we confront and process it, we're actually uh, re-traumatizing a client. Mm. I actually disagree, and I'm hearing you disagree as well, because you're actually releasing the effects of it. And how brilliant is that? 
because why would you want to carry that any longer? And you 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 carried yeah. it for three years, three years. from yeah. this particular incident. Yes. Now the incident that Teresa is referring to to was she was assaulted by yeah. her father yes so tell us about the incident so um uh, there was a lot of stress in our family going on and i used my voice with my dad i was working on that back then and i yelled at him on the phone he came over to my house let himself in my children were and i were sitting uh, eating dinner and we had a sh- screaming match, a, a shouting screaming match. Some not nice words were coming out of my father because I was finally standing up to him a little bit, um, yeah. using my voice. And granted, I may not have been using my voice in the greatest fashion, <laughs> but this was 40 years stored up of yeah. not using my voice, yeah, right? Exactly. Um, so I'll, I'll give myself a break break there but um then he physically punched me in the chest and grabbed my arms and was really in a a a violent rage at that point and it was the the shouting of my then 15 year old son telling him to stop and get out that kind of snapped him out of it um and so not only the trauma of my dad abusing me, but having my children there, to me, that is even more vile and traumatic than myself having experienced it. So your children witnessing that assault yeah. was traumatizing for you yeah. and them. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So with this incident, we decided to clear it using the EMDR. <clears throat> and what this entails is uh, Teresa had a negative image of of her dad hitting her in the chest. So that's what she began with, is thinking of this negative image. The negative belief that she had that was attached to her dad was, I have no value, I have no voice. And the emotions that she was experiencing were fear and anger and hatred. And nobody wants to live with that. So this is what we were trying to clear, were these strong emotions and these negative beliefs about herself. And when I asked her, how, how upsetting is this particular incident to you on a scale of 0 to 10, uh, 0 being no distress and 10 being high, she reported 9.5 out of 10. So that's a very high level of distress. So to carry that every day, mentally, emotionally, physically and logically it would have been exhausting it would have been it will tell us about that how that was what were the symptoms you were yeah I was exhausted um depleted in the sense that uh, my energy was very low um my uh, my self-care and maybe even caring for my family wasn't the best that it could be um and struggling like how how do you get over at 40 years old being abused by your father like uh i i i just couldn't get over the fact that that had actually happened to me at such an i'm okay i'm not old but but an adult uh, age that 
that can happen, yet I know it happens in many homes today, even between spouses. Um, I lost track of the question. I'm sorry, Azrina. I kind of um, got emotional. The the symptoms that you were experiencing. Oh, yes. yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, I was overwhelmed, um, feeling like I was carrying the weight of the world, mm-hmm. and and uh, my father had recently died um, uh, from cancer, but I still I was I was carrying hate and anger, like I could. I, it's a terrible thing to say, but just feeling about my dad, I could spew lava on his grave. And some people will be shocked at that. I, so I'm shocked at myself saying that, but it was just, that's how I felt. Like I, mm. And I wanted to get rid of that, and I was seeking help. Mm-hmm. And, and thankfully, I found Isrina. So I remember when you had come in that morning and uh, I had the awareness, okay, we're going to do an EMDR on this incident. And you looked at me, your eyes went big, you were shocked, you looked scared. Yeah, absolutely. And I said, uh, now's the time. Yeah. You know, I instinctively knew that you were ready. And uh, you took a few deep breaths and you looked at me like, are, are you sure about this, Ezrina? And processed it. So what it is, is, is simply Teresa looked at at the event over and over and over and uh, talked about it. And and what what the paddles do is just it expedites the processing. It speeds up the processing. It brings together the mental, the emotional, the physical, and the physiological. And it, it speeds up the processing. And it was really interesting because each time Teresa went through it, it was less scary. Actually, in the very beginning, it quickly dissipated for you mm-hmm. you were surprised because yes. at first you're like no way man mm-hmm. I am not doing this as Rena mm-hmm. and then I noticed you're like oh wow I can do this and it got easier and easier mm-hmm. and easier you remember that? oh absolutely um I I cannot believe the ease of the MDR once once you get used to the pulsating of the paddles and and going through the incident and how it just uh, it it helped me let it go and and move on and and remember the truth of you know I do have a voice I do have value and you know what my dad was most likely um, traumatized as a child and he was just reenacting what he experienced and unfortunately what that does is it perpetuates the cycle of abuse um, throughout the generations. Right. right? But it's going to stop with me. Yeah, exactly. And how courageous are you? Mm-hmm. Right. So EMDR, um, it, it assists clients to transmute the negative experiences into adaptive learning experiences. So very clearly this had a negative impact on you. And afterward, um, you had more ease with thinking about that incident. Absolutely. I could actually think about it because I had it compartmentalized in a little box. Yeah, good word. Um, Even though it still affected me, even though it's in that box, you you think something traumatic doesn't affect you. I'm sorry, I guarantee it's affecting you somehow. Yeah, even if you do have um, use 
using denial or you have compartmentalized it, yeah. it is absolutely affecting you in in all areas of your life, like even uh, financially and business yeah. and self esteem was affecting you absolutely but people have this misconception that if they don't think about it or if they think it's not actually affecting them from day to day that mm-hmm. it's not affecting them at all mm-hmm. that is incorrect now there are some incident incidences that are actually processed and resolved but i see a lot more that aren't mm-hmm. when people think they are Right. Yeah. Yeah. And you, you were experiencing that. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I knew it was affecting me um, for sure. Uh, I was afraid of my dad and uh, then he passed away and I was glad he was gone, but it was, it was still affecting me. So yeah. even though he died, yeah, the effects of this abuse yeah. were as real yeah. as if he were in your home that day. Yeah. Yeah. That's how real it feels, yeah. doesn't it? Absolutely. Yeah. So I remember at the end of that particular EMDR session where we processed the assault and you had said, uh, when, when I thought you were finished, I said, how does the incident seem to you now? And Teresa responded, I know it happened. I'm just observing it now. It doesn't feel traumatic now. And then she laughed, which is a good indication that, um, the, the strong negative emotions had cleared. And she said, the incident doesn't feel good gut-wrenching anymore. It's awful that it happened, but I'm ready to move on and leave it behind. I am assertive, and I use my voice. I protect my kids. So that's exactly what um, Dr. Shapiro is talking about, is is changing the incident from the, the negative impact to more adaptive learning experience. So what it did, what it did was when Teresa had cleared it, she was now able to see that she had a voice, that she was strong, and that she was protecting her children. So a completely different belief system, which is fabulous. So we're going to take a short break, Teresa, and uh, we're going to come back and talk a little bit more about uh, how you've been since the processing, okay? Okay. Okay. Stay tuned. what makes the most successful people tick. Keep listening to the Voice America Empowerment Channel. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Visit Ezrina.ca for information about counseling and body healing services. Ezrina is a master's therapeutic counselor registered with the Association of Cooperative Counseling Therapists of Canada. She has 10 years of counseling experience. She will work both in her office as well as via Skype or will travel to your area through her workshops. You can even schedule a session online. These sessions are one hour or 90 minutes long. Visit Ezrina.ca. Again, that's Ezrina.ca. Ezrina Rose Scott conducts several workshops every year, and she can bring them to you wherever you are. Visit Ezrina.ca or call 250-212-5596 for more information. Ezrina is an Access Consciousness Practitioner. Her popular workshops include Access Consciousness, The Bars, as well as workshops on money, body, and relationships. Ezrina's workshops can help you get unstuck and move forward in your life. Find out more or bring a friend along. Visit Ezrina.ca for more information or call 250-212-5596. 
Become a member of VoiceAmerica.com. It's easy and best of all, it's free. Start out by going to our homepage or any of our channels and click register at the top. Once you've created an account and signed in, you can create your own custom library, opt into our newsletter, search by show, host, guest, or topic of interest, or browse millions of hours of content across all of our Voice America radio channels. Membership gets you more. Visit voiceamerica.com today to get started and tailor the listening experience to your taste. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. You are listening to Trauma Talk with Ezrina Rose Scott. To reach our program today, you may call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. If you'd rather send an email, you can send it to Ezrina at Ezrina.ca. Now, let's return to Trauma Talk. Hello again. So Dr. Francine Shapiro uh, sums up EMDR with, and I quote, when the target, the traumatic incident, is a disturbing memory, the negative images, the negative beliefs, and the negative emotions become less vivid and less valid. They appear to be linked with more appropriate information. The client learns what is necessary and useful from the disturbing past experience and the event is restored into memory in an adaptive, healthy, non-distressing form. So this links back to a Harvey Jackson's theory from an earlier episode that when there's uh, trauma stress, things get misfiled in the brain, such, such as distortedness about ourselves. Then we become reactive. So, Teresa, would you say you were reactive? Oh, absolutely. Okay. For sure. And then and after the disturbing experience was processed and released, um, and now it become more adaptive, you, ha- you still have clear memory of the event. However, it doesn't distress you anymore, right? You uh, view it more neutrally? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I can look at it more as a bystander. And I think I've gotten um, some insights, too, as to um, why my dad was like that, able to let it go. I think I've forgiven him. <laughs> um, I mean, there may be things that come up once in a while, but, but uh, it has definitely helped me to move on and... Um, I, I can honestly say now that I don't hate my dad anymore. Mm, okay, so you definitely cleared those strong yeah. negative emotions. And you use the word insight, and this is really interesting, because when we clear trauma stress and maladaptive belief systems, it's like we can access um, what is really true. Right. And those are the insights. Those are the awarenesses that surface. But they seem to be buried in our subconscious and buried by the distress of, mm-hmm. of trauma. Mm-hmm. So when we clear the trauma, these insights pop. Right. Right. And you were able to see your dad in a different light and maybe yeah. have an appreciation for what he probably went through. Right. 
that left yeah. him behaving the way he did. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I I see him as somebody who um, most likely I I believe was deeply traumatized. Um, I I know nothing of his life. I hardly know anything about his childhood growing up, um, being in the army in Europe. So uh, I I think he kept that part hidden from himself mm-hmm. and from his own family, but it came out in different in, ways. Yeah. Yeah. In, in the verbal, mental, physical abuse. And even the silence itself. So in he, silence, yeah. yeah. So he in was silent. Absolutely. And then silenced you, yeah. you children. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, anything more you want to share about how this incident affected your children? Because they were witness right. to the assault. Yes. Um, so uh, I have since brought um, some of my children here to also ex- experience the MDR uh, because I, I couldn't believe it, how powerful and useful it was to me. Um, because I I don't think this incident of their grandfather, uh, who is now gone through their whole lives and for to affect them and um, yeah I just I just want them to be healed uh, from it and be able to live full lives like any parent I think so the first time I used EMDR with Teresa like I said she had some trepidation and she was skeptical (laughs) but after the success of the first session she came back for more and and processed even more trauma. Yes. Do you want to talk about that, Teresa? Uh, yeah, I, I, I would like to because I, I really want people to see that this can help you with all sorts of trauma. Um, so our oldest son was in a t- terrible um, car accident. A rollover. Yeah. Rollover accident. And ten times it rolled over? Approximately yeah. the vehicle. He was the passenger. And I am th- thankful he was sleeping at the time. Uh, but he was in a coma for 20 days. And um, as a parent, when, when you get a phone call like that, um, I, I'm lucky I have a faith that sustained me and people were praying for us all over the world. But um, you, well, I compartmentalized this whole event because he was in a coma for 20 days, sustained a major brain injury. And uh, was in hospital rehab for several weeks afterwards. Um, but when, uh, I'm kind of jumping around, sorry, but when um, they told us six days in that he may not ever wake up, and if he did, he might not be able to talk or remember, have a memory, like, I I lost it. I I screamed. Um, a scream that I've never screamed before. It was a, a primal scream. Um, I can talk about this incident now without that emotion of um, feeling like I, I lost, I, I completely lost it in those moments um, because of EMDR. Because uh, it took us I don't know, was it three or four sessions of EMDR to clear this accident? Uh, I think it was three, four. Three, three, and then one included your son. Yes. And, and I just yeah. want to add that when we process this for your son, 
it had not the same impact on your son. No. And I don't know if that has to do with the brain injury or it really just didn't impact him. Mm-hmm. So her son was the one in the rollover car accident and he wasn't very upset about the incident. Mm-hmm. However, Teresa... Um, there was so much information that came forward that we worked through this, yeah, in a few mm-hmm. sessions. Mm-hmm. Um, so that just goes to show that the, you know, the incident can impact people differently. And it just doesn't make sense to judge someone mm-hmm. the, the way they experience an experience. That's right. Right? Because it was just so different the way it impacted you and the way it impacted him. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. It absolutely. Um, that may be you know, because he was in a coma for those first 20 days and doesn't remember the first few weeks of being awake, um, his trauma is more now dealing with the after effects of um, the accident and what that means for his life. Um, but I'm, I'm so thankful that EMDR can take care of whatever it is that you're carrying mm-hmm. and he responded phenomenally well yeah. after the accident like mm-hmm. he's walking he's talking he's yes. working yeah. did, did he yes. not he's get top to, grades yes yeah it, it, it actually phenomenal. spurred him he's one of those kids a difficult child you call them <laughs> stubborn um he was born that way he came out screaming <laughs> but um, so he was using the voice that you oh yeah using. yeah exactly <laughs> he has a voice <laughs> Um, But being told by doctors, you know, it's going to take you probably six months before you get home. And he he just refused to believe even that he had a brain injury. And he relearned to eat and talk properly and walk and was home in, uh, is it approximately eight weeks uh, after Ah, the accident? Yeah, he's very... That, that stubbornness, moms, it's going to pay off. Yeah. I promise. And it served him well. Because it didn't served the doctor him say incredibly well. Or something? Yeah. Yeah, yeah no, crazy. no. They expected it would take a very long time. And um, it's just his personality is, if you tell me no, well, let me show you yeah. <laughs> what no means. <laughs> I'm no thankful. Means, yes. Yeah, I'm so thankful he has that personality. Might not have been so thankful when he was three. Yeah. <laughs> I know it's hurt, right? But, but it, served, uh, it has served him incredibly yeah. well. Yeah. So how long was it when the incident happened with your son and you received therapy? How, how much time had come by? Uh, oh, that's a good question. Um, uh, so I, I did see seek counseling after his accident. Uh, I've, I've done several things like talk therapy, EFT, which was very uh, helpful. Yeah, um, and too. then, but then seeing as Rena um, was uh, four four years after the accident, um, so it's a long time to keep that kind of stuff. Yeah, uh, not not completely dealt with. Yeah, I remember when my son was eight years old, and he was riding his BMX bike home, and he had um, crossed the street. He realized it wasn't time to cross the street and he just about got run over and I was absolutely completely and entirely freaked out I I forgot rule number one remain calm 
Mm. I freaked out as a parent. I was so terrified. Mm. And um, that, that traumatized me. Anyways, it took me two years before I could actually talk about the incident. Hmm. Like I couldn't even I couldn't even bring up the incident. I couldn't confront it two years. And I finally went and uh, got some help to clear that incident. And then I had helped my son process the incident. And it was really interesting because I didn't know how it impacted him. And after he processed, he, he had this awareness. He goes, Mom, I thought that I had done something wrong and I was going to go to jail Hmm. not once in my mind did it occur to me that he thought he'd go to jail but because of my freak out he thought he had done something wrong Hmm. so we as adults and parents we have no idea how children store information but anyways that's an example of how um, it took me I mean I'm a therapist I do this for a living (laughs) and it took me two years to talk about an incident so for you yeah four years to to really get to the the well I I could talk about the incident I would get very worked up emotional sometimes and part of growing up and not sharing emotion I also kept it in a box (laughs) I'm good at that um but, uh, yeah, it, it's imperative that you deal with your trauma, whatever it is. Um, only you know what it is and you know what you experienced. And um, seek help. There's so many good, good therapies out there. EMDR is on the top of my list for sure. Yeah, it is one of my favorite as mm-hmm. well. I use several, but yeah, EMDR, mm-hmm. you responded very well yeah well it worked that. well for me awesome so Teresa what what else can you say to our audience about about trauma about uh, having the courage to process it anything what would you what would you like to say to the audience if you're suffering seek help there's no reason you need to suffer or relive because um, you're only hurting yourself and unfortunately, probably those around you that you love, if you don't deal with it, it's going to affect you somehow. And what is the reason you think most people don't seek help? Oh, it's hard work. Don't, don't get me wrong. You, you have to work through it and um, deal with whatever it is. Um, people are afraid. We're chicken. <laughs> and really, what is there to be afraid of? You've already experienced the trauma, yeah. so to view it and process it, what is there to be afraid of? Oh, um, I guess that you won't resolve it. Okay, but you're certain that it's it, it comes to a resolution. Yeah, it yeah, does. I agree. It does. So, Teresa, thank you so much for being on Trauma thank Talk you, with Serena. us today. Oh, you're welcome. Welcome. And um, thank you, audience, for tuning in. Uh, Please share these episodes with anyone that you think has been traumatized and that you can inspire them to seek. There is help, there is hope, and there is healing. And uh, stay tuned in for next Tuesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time. Thank you for listening to Trauma Talk with Ezrina Rose Scott. Be sure to tune in to the program again next Tuesday at 12 noon Eastern Time and 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Until we speak again, make this week your best.